Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that we could have fun together as a family of families. And Father, we pray that you would just bless this word now. Help us to understand and uh, realize who you are in every aspect. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're talking about the sixth of the I am's of Jesus. Today may be the most profound statement or sentence in the whole Bible that we're going to talk about, which is, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, um, there is just so much in that for you philosophers, it's in there. Uh, for those who try to understand what truth is, uh, you get into, in philosophy, something called epistemology. You get into various things. And what he's saying here is he is the epistemology. He's not just someone who tells us about the truth. He is the way you find the truth. He is the truth. It's amazing. This is just so much we could talk about here. Um, but when you think of I am the way, the truth, and the life, it really speaks to every human being, whether you're a philosopher or not, whether you are a theologian or a scholar or not. Because every single one of us know from birth that we're on a journey. We're supposed to go somewhere. We have a sense of purpose or a sense of destiny. And I know I felt that even as a child. I sensed, well, what am I here for? I know I was born for a reason, and I wasn't sure what that was. And for 19 years, I was searching and longing for an understanding of why I was born and why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I have the gifts that God, you know, that God gave me. I didn't understand any of that. And everywhere I looked, whether it was through sports or through philosophy or through music, and especially music, because I threw myself into music as a professional musician, I tried to find myself. I tried to find a sense of purpose. Uh, so everybody, I believe similar to me, trying to sense why they're on this journey in life. Um, and so what Jesus is saying here is he's answering the question, uh, not only why you're on a journey, but what is the ultimate goal of that journey? Jesus is answering that when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and so it's not enough to know where you're going you also need to know how to get there, right? So, you know, when you're, you're going somewhere, like today I'm going to a wedding later on. It's going to take a few hours to get there. So I'm definitely going to become fashionably late today as I'm preaching in the two services. But uh, I know the address, but I don't know how to get there. So I put in a GPS, right? You all have that on your phone? or in your car? Well, what Jesus is saying is, I am the GPS. 
I am the one who shows you the way of the Father. It's like a child who loves, let's say, the game of basketball. And he gets excited. He knows something is happening when someone slam dunks or someone gets a ball in the basket. Uh, he's just really excited. He wants to watch all the games. He knows who wins and loses. But he doesn't understand the techniques, the skills, the strategy. He doesn't understand the ways of the game. He just knows about the game. But it's the players and the coaches and those who study it who know the ways of the game. It's how it is with God. We can know about God, but it doesn't mean we know God's ways. It doesn't mean we know how to have a relationship with God and how to walk with God. Do you all understand what I'm saying here? This is important, what we're getting today. So we can know about something, but it doesn't mean we know that person or that thing personally, and we don't know the ways of that person. So that's why uh, this is so profound, this sixth of our I Am statements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So let's read it from John chapter 14 in the context. We'll read the first uh, six verses. And so Jesus was about to be crucified. So we find in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, his last teachings to his disciples. Then in chapter 17, we see his prayer, his high priestly prayer to the Father before he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. So these are some of the most uh, important portions of the whole Bible, John chapter 14 to 17, because you get to sense Jesus' heart and his last words before he was going to be crucified. And so he was even in spite of the fact that he was about to suffer a very painful death, of course he was more concerned with his disciples than he was with himself, which is the whole reason why he sacrificed himself. And so he talks uh, like this. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That's so powerful right there. He's the one who's going to take us to himself. He's not delegating that to an angel. So that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. So Thomas, I love Thomas, he said, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How are we going to know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. So that's why he said, you know the way, because Thomas is walking with him for three years. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you have known him and have seen him. Wow. That's deep stuff. You can go on and keep reading it. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, so, when we think about the first portion of this, we're going to talk about the way. 
I am the way, then we're going to talk about the truth, then we're going to talk about the life, and try to unpack each of those. So the way, Jesus was explaining that he was the way, and Thomas said, well, we don't know the way. And so Jesus' answer was, I've been with you. Uh, I'm, you know, here. So how do you not know the way? And again, we go back to what he said, I will come again and I will take you to myself. I love that. What Jesus is saying is that he is going to carry us. He is the way. It's not through our own strength. And it's not just when we die and we're carried into heaven. He's talking about a whole life. The way is based on Jesus. I will come and take you to myself. In other words, he's the one carrying us. How many of you know we can't make it apart from Jesus? Uh, we, we studied a few weeks ago when he said, I am the true vine. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what he's talking about here. So he comes and he takes us unto himself. And when we don't have strength, that's almost the best place to be because we can depend upon him. That's what Paul the Apostle said. He said, when I am weak, then I am strong. And sometimes we feel like we are at the end of our rope. We can't make it. We can't go on anymore. And that's the place God almost wants us to be because that's when we can humble ourselves. We can cry out to God. And Jesus can carry us and fill us with his presence and his purpose and his love. That love of God. Someone say that love of God. That love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit is what keeps us going, helps us to forgive, helps us to have perseverance, helps us to have faith, helps us to have hope when there is no hope, helps us to get up when we're depressed, helps us to keep going. Is there anybody here who felt like quitting at times? Quitting your ministry, your marriage, your job, your everywhere. You could think about quitting on yourself, right? But it's that love of God that keeps us going, helps us forgive ourselves, helps us forgive others, helps us forgive those around us, and helps us continue to believe that there's a reason for living, there's a reason for getting up in the morning. And sometimes I get up in the morning and I tell you, I don't even want to get up because of what I have to face. But then when I pray and I just allow God to work on my heart, then I have faith instead of fear. I have hope instead of hopelessness. And that discouragement is just dispelled by the light. Wow. And sometimes that's a daily thing that I have to go through. And so that's why he says... You know the way, Thomas. You know the way. Someone say, I know the way. He said, I will come again. I will take you to myself. Wow, isn't that great? God always dispenses his son, God the son Jesus, to take us unto himself. I love that. He carries us when we can't make it on our own. Wow, that's powerful. So he says, I am the way. I am the GPS. 
I am the one who shows you who God is. It's not enough to know Bible verses. Bible verses are important. It's not enough to know doctrine. Doctrine is important. But what we have to know is God's ways. There aren't enough people in the body of Christ who know God's ways. They may believe in God. They may believe God exists. But that doesn't mean they know God's ways. Jesus is the key to knowing God's ways. That's why he said to Philip later on, Philip, when Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and that is enough for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long and you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. You want to know how the Father loves you? Look at how Jesus died on the cross. You want to know how much the Father believes in you? Look at Jesus' life. If you want to know God's patience, look at Jesus' patience. Look at His endurance. If you've seen Jesus by reading the Gospels, you know the Father. You know God's ways by studying Jesus. He also said, I am the truth. Somebody say, the truth. So that is, you know, for those of you who like reading philosophy and all that, that is a philosophical bomb, man. What he's saying here is the truth is not a concept. The truth is not a propositional statement or a proposition. The truth is not abstract. What he's saying is the truth is a person. The truth is personified in one person. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have all these wonderful scientists, and I thank God for science. You have all these wonderful artists, all these wonderful musicians, all these wonderful composers, all these great philosophers, and all these great intellects, all these people who try to expound on the truth and or maybe create movies like these amazing producers and directors and people that depict humanity in music. I mean, actors have such an amazing gift and such an important calling to depict reality to us. That's why movies can sometimes be so profound and movies can evoke such emotion in us. Because actors are paid to evoke emotion and to get us to see things. Of course, sometimes it may not be the way God wants us to see it, but get us to see things the way they, the producer wants us to see it. And that's why it could be a blessing or a curse. That's why movies can change your life sometimes. Uh, movies can definitely change a person's trajectory or their journey on life based on what they believe and what uh, they're receiving in that movie. But the point is, all of these things, whether it's music, whether it's art, sculpture, and literature, whether it's philosophy, whether it is uh, composing, whatever it is, no matter how gifted they are, if they do not land on Jesus, they are missing the main point. That's what Jesus is saying here. I'm not saying they have to quote Bible verses and they have to directly talk about Him all the time, but 
ultimately, if it doesn't orbit around him and if it doesn't land on Jesus, they have fallen short of the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Wow. I am the truth. So the truth is not just a book. It's not just, you know, a, a set of doctrines, a set of beliefs. Are you hear what I'm saying? This is amazing. This will show you, no matter what your education is, you may only have a third grade reading level, but you could know more of the truth than the greatest scientists in the world, like Stephen Hawking's and, and other people. You can have an understanding of truth that the greatest philosophers have never ever experienced. You would know more than Aristotle and Plato and Socrates and all the other great Greek philosophers. And we can go on and on and on. You actually know more than they do once you have a relationship with Jesus. You know the truth while they just grappled with it. They wrestled with it. They wrote about it. They struggled with it. They did great things. They had great minds, but they never fully arrived. That's why it tells us in Psalm 8, out of the mouth of babes, God has ordained strength. And that was on Palm Sunday when the children were crying out, Hosanna to the highest. Hosanna to the Son of David. And the Pharisees, all these smart religious leaders, was telling Jesus, do you hear what they're saying? Shut them up. And Jesus quoted Psalm 8. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes? God will show his strength. It's not how intellectually smart you are. It's who you know. Because the truth is not a set of doctrines. You've got to understand this. This is important. Some people think Christianity is just a set of moral principles. Christianity is just a set of rules. You know, and like Thomas uh, was saying, well, you know, show us the way. Thomas said that, right, in John 14. Three and four. Show us the way. Thomas still didn't get it. He was with Jesus for all these years. And Thomas thought Jesus was there to teach us about the truth. Thomas was trying to go to heaven. He knew Jesus was saying that he's about to go to his father in heaven. He understood that. So he said, well, show us the way. And here he was with them for three and a half years. He still didn't get it. He was asking Jesus, show me the rules. Show me the behavior pattern. Uh, he was thinking that it was Christianity was like a, a set of rules to get to heaven. Don't do this. Don't do that. Live like this. Live like that. That's man-made religion. Man-made religion is when we try to come up with a set of rules or patterns of living in order to get to heaven. That's where every other religion is positioned. They try to reach God, whether it's bowing down five times a day and praying in Islam, or uh, whether it's chanting to try to have some higher revelation in, in Hindu. Transcendental meditation and different things. They think that there is a set of principles 
so that we could, they could experience some kind of enlightenment and go to heaven or whatever they call it, a nirvana or something. But Jesus said to Thomas, I'm not talking about some set of guidelines. I'm telling you, you know the way. Well, what is the way? I am the way. <laughs> I am the truth. You see how simple it is? But profound? Jesus. He's every single thing. That's why Paul the Apostle said in the book of Colossians that in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He was talking to people that were in the Greek culture and constantly hearing about philosophy. And then he says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8, uh, 6 to 9, he says, See that nobody captivate you through philosophy and empty religion that has no power in and of itself because it's not based on Christ. And then he says about Jesus, because in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. In two sentences, he basically summarized all of life and all of truth. And so you can get distracted by so many things in life. There's so many good things we could do. There's so many uh, uh, truths and religions and things that can draw us away. But Paul said that even as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning craftiness, so Satan tries to take us away from the simplicity there is in Christ. Jesus is the reason for our life. Jesus is not just number one in our life. Because if He's number one, then there's a number two. Jesus is our life. Do you see the difference of true Christianity and false Christianity and other religions? Jesus didn't tell us about the truth. He is the truth. You see the difference between Him and Muhammad and all these other prophets? Jesus is the truth personified. Truth is a person, not a doctrine, not a philosophy. And we are complete in Him. That's why once we find Him and walk with Him, we don't have any other longing. We found what we've been born for, what we've been looking for. And last, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, why is He the life? Next week, we're going to talk about Jesus. Last, I am saying, I am the resurrection and the life. So we're going to get into this some more. But there's three thoughts I have here. Why is Jesus the life? Well, for one, He created us. So He is the origination of biological life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For you who understand science, He is the Logos. He is the language of God that created the cellular structure. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and that same person, John 1.1, 1, 1, it says in verse 3, that 
Everything that was created was created by Him. Apart from Him was nothing created. Uh, outside of Christ was nothing brought into existence. In other words, He is the reason why we have a physical universe, a three-dimensional world. Uh, he is the reason why we have the stars in the sky. He's the reason why we have the oceans and the birds and the plants. Uh, he is the creator of all things. So when He said, I am the life, meaning I am the one who brought all this that you see into being. Wow, isn't that amazing? Apart from him was nothing made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't comprehend it. So he says, I am the life. He is bio-life. The origination of biology, of, of all living and non-living things that we see. The second reason why he could say, I am the life, is because, let's quote the famous John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. When you receive Christ in your life, when you give yourself to Jesus Christ, you will never die. As we're going to talk about next week, you will never see death. You have already passed from death to life. You've already been found not guilty. You've been set forth as justified by the Father. And your transition to the next world is a blessing. It's not a curse. It's a time of celebration. It's not a time of depression. Even though we on the earth mourn, you won't be mourning. You'll be rejoicing on the other side of this world. <clears throat> You'll just seamlessly go from death to life. You will just seamlessly go into the arms of the Father. Jesus Himself will take you. Jesus said, uh, 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 He said, uh, through Paul the Apostle, He said, absent from the body is to be immediately present with the Lord. Wow, that's amazing. As soon as my heart stops beating and I lose life in a physical realm, I am not dead. I am just disconnected from this world, praise God. And I'm immediately connected to the spirit world, wherein is the real world that will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word won't. Heaven won't. Where He abides won't. Wow. And we just get seamlessly caught up into the fourth dimension or the multiple dimensions that God has where God is. That's why Jesus said, God is spirit. Somebody say, God is spirit. He told the woman at the well, God is spirit. She's worrying about what mountain to go worship and what church building and this and that. And she's, whoa, 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 you're missing the whole point. God is spirit. And that's why when we're physically absent, we don't just have a sense of God's presence. When we die physically, we're in the fullness of His presence because God is spirit. Wow. So when Jesus said, I am the life, He's eternal life. 
Greek word for life is zoe. We have zoe in us. You don't die to get it. If you don't have it now, then you're in trouble. You don't wait till you die to get it. You have to have it now, or then you, when you die, you're going to be separated from God for eternity. That's not going to be a nice thing, to put it mildly. So Jesus is saying, I am the life. In other words, it's not heaven. You've got to understand that. Eternal life is not heaven. I don't want to shock you. Eternal life isn't just that you don't die. Eternal life is Jesus. Jesus is eternal life. In other words, you get part of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You get their divine nature. It comes in you. And because you're born of God, like it says in John 3, you can never die because you got God Himself in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when He says, I am the life, wow! You shouldn't be afraid of death. Now you don't want to jump off a bridge to get there faster because you want to obey your assignment, but you shouldn't be afraid of it. And the older you get, the more you're going to welcome it. I've seen men and women of God at the end of their life. I have my first pastor's 97 years old, and we don't know when he's going to go, but he's rejoicing. He's looking forward to it. He can't wait. That's his day of coronation. Oh, it's amazing. That's what Easter Sunday's all about. You never die. I could go on about this. I'm almost can't wait till next week. <laughs> Easter Sunday is my favorite day of the year. So he says, I am the life. But another thing it means is he puts inside of you that peace like a river. So out of the abundance of our heart, flow rivers of living water he said in John 7 37 and 39 he said he who believes in me out of the abundance of their heart or their belly will flow rivers of living water he said in John 10 I have come that you may have life and a more abundant life Sounds like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down uh, in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. It's a life, abundant life. He takes care of us. He uh, uh, positions us the way we should. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. He restores our soul when we're depressed, when we're down and out, when we can't make it anymore. He renews our youth like the eagle so that we could run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. How could we not understand Him as the life? Wow, with all the pressures and the things going on in our life, not just during COVID, but our whole life. We have to know this Jesus who is the life so that out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. Isn't this great? And so as we wrap this up, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Why don't you all say that after me? 
Jesus is the way, the truth, let's say it one more time. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Wow. Wow. Man, I could die happy right now. Man. <laughs> so if you're here today and you don't know God, Jesus is the way. No one could come to the Father, to God, except through Him. If you want to know God's ways and not just know about God, Jesus is the way. If you want to know why you're on the journey you're on, or if you're on the right journey at all, you want to know what the journey is, Jesus is the way. No other way given under heaven by which a person can be saved. If you're here today and you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus and you want to either give your life to Christ or just rededicate it, maybe you gave your life to Christ once or twice or three times. I remember I tried, God knows, it, until I was really saved. I made three altar calls. I tried three times, but I just wasn't fully ready. I wasn't, I, I was just getting closer, but I wasn't ready to fully surrender, give my life to Christ. You don't clean up your act and then come to Christ, because then you wouldn't need Jesus. He's the way. But I cuss a lot. I drink, I do this, I do that. Jesus is the way. AA is good, but it's not Jesus. And cussing is the least of your problems anyway. What we need to understand is it's not cleaning up your act. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's receiving Jesus. Jesus becoming your way and at the proper time as you grow in him all these other habits will just fall off you he takes us the way we are the main thing is have a hunger for him grow in him stay in church get in that word get in small groups constantly learn about Jesus know about his ways and once you do that Everything else will follow. You'll be on the right journey. So if you're here today and you want us to pray for you, because of COVID, we don't call people to come up here uh, for prayer, but we could meet you in the back. Um, but I want us to pray now for you. If there's anybody here who says, I want to I get back with Jesus. I, I want to grow closer to Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to him, or maybe you did in the past and you want to recommit yourself. Put your hand up so we can pray for you. Anybody? We just want to make sure we pray for you before you go. Let's pray this prayer for those who may have never given their life to Christ or need to rededicate their life. Just repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you. In Jesus' name. Jesus, 
Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Come in my life. Show me your way. Give me your power so I could live for you. Thank you that you're alive because you rose from the dead. Thank you for saving me today. Amen. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care and God bless.